That makes you fat. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Tonight, we die in hell! After about five minutes of this movie, you're going to wish you had ten beers. Hello and welcome to this episode of BAMF, the podcast where we talk about specific comics and their adaptations to TV or film or whatever other medium. For this week, we are talking about one of my absolute favorite adaptations, Guillermo del Toro's Hellboy. I'm Chris. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Andrea. And I'm Mick. And this is BAMF. Okay, for this week, we're talking about Hellboy. Hellboy is a 2004 American superhero film written and directed by Guillermo del Toro from a story by del Toro and Peter Briggs. It is based on the Dark Horse comic Hellboy Seed of Destruction by Mike Mignola. There are things that go bump in the night, and we are the ones who bump back. Nick, you want to give us a background on the comic? Sure. So Hellboy, as Chris said, is a comic book written and illustrated mostly by Mike Mignola. The character first appeared in San Diego Comic-Con Comics Number 2 in August of 1993, published by Dark Horse Comics, and he has been in Dark Horse Comics ever since then. The Hellboy franchise series spans the titular Hellboy, where it's released in serials and arcs. And it has spun off numerous other comics and spin-offs where they, they take different timelines. But at its core, Hellboy is about a secret organization that keeps the forces of the supernatural and unexplained at bay using their greatest agent, Agent Hellboy. Or Anung Onrama, the so-called King of Hell, who will one day bring out the apocalypse with his red right hand. That is Hellboy the comic. What you looking at, John? Uh, oh, no, 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 nothing, uh, no, nothing at all. Code red. Hey, hey, hey. Warning. Code red. They're playing our song. Come on, champ. Let's go fight some monsters. Hellboy the film, obviously, written and directed by Guillermo del Toro. Um, it stars Ron Perlman as Hellboy, alongside Summer Blair, Jeffrey Tambor, John Hurt, and a bunch of other people. So in the film, a demonic beast turned superhero secretly works to keep the world safe from paranormal threats with his team, the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. It was released on April 2, 2004, and grossed $99.8 million worldwide against a budget of 60 to $66 million. That's pretty decent. I think it made a lot more in... DVD and Blu-ray. Um, I'll have to double-check that later on. It was followed by a sequel, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, and a reboot released a few years ago in 2019 by a different director. Robert uh, Marshall. Rob, uh, Rob Marshall? Yeah, the director of The Descent, one of my favorite horror films. So yeah, so that's it. The first movie, Hellboy, which we're going to talk about uh, today, is uh, holds a unapproval rating of 81%. On Rotten Tomatoes, so it was quite well-received, critically. I think it was on a bunch of lists for best all-time comic adaptations to film. But that's the background of the film. Sparky to Big Red, do you read me? Come in. Sparky? Who came up 
this better be the place or I'll puke. Ow! And now we're gonna talk about everything. I'll do the Chris thing and ask, like, did you guys get into the movie first or the comics? Chris thing. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea. I got into the comic after watching the film. Very late. Guillermo del Toro turned me on to Hellboy. I think. As you did many yeah. people, yeah. Yes. <laughs> what about you, Chris? I am the exact same. Yeah. Yes. I yeah, and that's uh, so very surprising. I never got into it. I don't know why. It's like it's lit like Hellboy. If on paper, that is like everything I love about comics. It's just like this, you know, the uh, this gorgeous illustration. You know, the black and white comic uh, it's 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 dark it's horror it's you know i had no idea why i never got into it i think i, I guess at the time i was really more into um either like superhero like traditional superhero comics or or indies that was really kind of my jam i expanded a lot more afterwards yeah surprisingly i i did see the movie first before discovering and then devouring everything mike mignola how about you, Mick? Uh, I got into the comics first, for sure. Uh, in high school, I did the singles, I did the trades. Yeah, no, because precisely because of what Chris said, like it is a grab bag of stuff that I like. So it's like there's horror, there's pulp, there is, you know, uh, the Indiana Jones flavor of like, you know, lost civilizations and all that. There's humor, there's the gorgeous art, as Chris mentioned, and, you know, paranormal, chicanery. And I think that's what awakened a lot of people to Lovecraft, like for people who didn't grow up reading, you know. You know what? I think that's how I discovered Lovecraft. That's uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Lovecraft and all the other horror authors that you know Mignola mentions in interviews. I think I got a lot, like the Bradbury stuff, Lansdale, all this. When he kept mentioning his idols, Richard Matheson, all that. I think that's part and parcel in due to Mike Mignola's influence. So there. Andrew, when, when did you when did you see this film? Because this was it came out two thousand four. You must have been a child. So when when did you? How did you experience this film? I watched it when it released. <laughs> oh shit! For real? Yeah. Wow. You know, nice. my parents didn't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> I was a teenager. I watched it in the movie theaters in Alabang. And I had a grand old time. I think I watched it with my sister. I don't know. Because she's older, so she probably took me. Yeah. When did you, did you guys watch it? The, yeah. When it released? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were, we were all out of college when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, she went her age again. <laughs> yeah. Right after Spider-Man 2. <laughs> That's a good year, actually, for comic book films. Spidey 2. Spidey. Sam Raimi's. Yeah, yeah. When I, when I watched it, I felt so cool. Because it was, you know, superhero, but dark, demon, scary, spoofy. And, you know, Gimlin was so cool. So I thought that was... I'm surprised I didn't continue reading it, though. I didn't touch the comics. I have not caught up. I haven't read in a while. It, but yeah, I, I it was, devoured uh, a lot of it at the time. It ended really well. Really? Oh, shit. Okay, I got so it. So it's done? Like, you can go through well, and read all his, of Hellboy? Yeah, I mean, like, cause it, it, like it, it ends with where it should end. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, he caps it off. And, and cool. he will, uh, no. uh, But he started using a different artist for it. But I think 
if I'm not mistaken. Did he? Duncan Ferragato, who's also super awesome. Whose career was probably inspired by Mignola. And I think Mignola did the final, the final, final arc. So I think he's the one who bookended the... But the spinoffs are still going. BBRT is still going. It's like, you're not gonna... Like, Hellboy can go on forever, I think. <laughs> it's like, it's such a wealth of time periods. and like Because there are so many ancillary characters throughout history who are part of the series. You have like Edward Grey, the Witchfinder, Her Majesty's Witchfinder, all this other stuff. Hellboy is Dark Horse, I, I would say. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, it is. You know, if it wasn't for this recording, I wouldn't know how to pronounce his last name. Mignola. Yeah. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I mean, like, I just learned, you know, from, from friends. <laughs> yeah. Mignola. That's Mignola. how I used to pronounce it. Mignola. Yeah. I like Mike. that guy. Mignola. Mike Mignola. Yeah. He's great, too. I love, I love Mignola. Like, before we get into the movie, like, well, reading what you read of the comics, how did you guys find, you know, Mignola's style? Because it's not an easy style. It's so unconventional, but, like, super great also, like... How did you find the comics uh, in terms of writing and art? Well, in terms of art, um, when I did get into him, I used to ape his style so much. So much. It's shameless. Like I would look at my old stuff and I was like, really? wow. Yeah, I, I just rip him off so much because his style is so distinct. Mm-hmm. You cannot ape his style. You, you, can, you can be inspired by it, but like... It is so distinct, like, there's nothing like it in the world. His proportions, like, how he, he, how he does his, his angles, how he does, yeah, it's, it's just how he plays with shadow. It's, it's, he's, it's, it's just incredible. It's, it's just so distinct, and, uh, yeah, there's nothing else like it. Yeah, so for me, it's a fantastic piece of writing. It's really fun, but for me, like, the gem is really, it's really his art. His art is just on another level. It's incredible. One of, one of the all-time great artists for me. Yeah, I, I like reading it solely for the art. It's incredible. Just the, the way, what, what Chris is saying, proportions. I just, I really liked how they created his, his look. I mean, he looks more, this is more for the movie, but he looks more like a demon in the comics. I found that really cool to read. He doesn't look as human-like. Well, he had the sadder legs, so like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He had the hooves and like the the haunches. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, like... he had the whole thing. He's a demon, little baby yeah. demon. I read volume one of the trade paperback, and then that's as far as I went. I really feel I've missed out. I should just read more. Well, you guys are in for a treat. Like if you're gonna deep dive, it mm, I will. Gets progress. His art gets progressively better. The stories get like this guy was born to draw monsters. Like really? 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like and and monkeys and monkeys. You can tell, like, he really loves Jack Kirby. Mm. There's, like, the DNA of all the... Even the Kirby crackle, the, like, sound effects. There's a lot of Walt Simonson in there also. But, yeah, that's that's the Hellboy comic. I feel it is really, you know... You take out the words, it's, it would still stand up because it's just so immaculately crafted. Coupling that with the story, I think the comics are great. Cool, so... With that out of the way, what did you guys think of the film? Being it, you know, your first sort of exposure to Hellboy, how did you enjoy that? You want to go first, Andrew? Yeah, I loved it. It was so creepy watching it younger. But I mean, 
I liked seeing how they were able to create... I didn't even consider this a superhero movie until you guys said it. But yeah, it's a superhero film. I used it with like... That's what Eric Horowitz, yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, you're right. You know, he's fighting a cause, good, evil type thing. I thought the film was incredible. It was great to watch, you know, a masterclass in, in filmmaking go on... Given to a comic book adaptation. Like, Guillermo del Toro is known for all his auteur work and, you know, all the things that he's great at. But to give him material, I want more of them to do stuff like this. Give more of these directors who have such clear voices to adapt comics. I think he was made to adapt Hellboy. That's how I feel. What about you, Chris? 100%. I agree, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I really love this. Like, this is one of my all-time favorite adaptations and quote-unquote, air quotes again, superhero movies. I love it. It's so darkly fun, and it's so romantic. Oh, yeah. I love the fact that it's so romantic. It could be fantastic for everything else, but what takes it over the top for me is 100%. It's it's Ron Perlman. It's Mm -hmm. the choice of Ron Perlman. He is the X factor here, for sure. This could be a hot take, but even more than Guillermo del Toro, it's Ron Perlman. It's the choice. Like, they could have gone with any like younger, more handsome, bigger name actor, but they went with he went with Ron Perlman, who who brings so much like gravitas and mm-hmm. like, world weariness and like but but also like conversely he he's playing Hellboy like a teenager also oh, yeah, yeah. in this which movie is amazing which is amazing he is so perfect for the role. And the movie just really just kind of sings with him. It's really him. The whole movie is Ron Perlman. I'm going to die on that hill. It's, uh, he is really everything about Hellboy. He's everything I love about Hellboy. It's, it's just, yeah, he's just, he just takes it to a different level. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree with you both. And I feel Del Toro and Perlman are really the one to combo that really breathes life and forms the beating heart of this, you know, duology of films. But like, to what uh, you guys were saying, I think in terms of adaptation, I'll tell our viewers now, it's not a one-is-to-one adaptation of the Seed of Destruction inspired it, but like it takes from a lot of different other story arcs because the way the Hellboy comics are structured, they're really, it's structured like an old pulp serial series where it's like, these are Hellboy's adventures this week. No character building here. It's just oh, really? Hellboy fighting a giant monkey. Woohoo! <laughs> See you next time. It's it's really that. So it's like for Guillermo del Toro to decide, like, no, we're gonna make him this petulant child who who has a whose daddy issues and is in love with you know uh, and you know make it like Beauty and the Beast and it's a callback <laughs> to <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to Ron yeah, yeah, Perlman's yeah. old role as Vincent on that uh, the Beauty and the Beast series with uh, Linda Hamilton. For those of you who are old enough to remember that series. <laughs> yeah, so it is that. Uh, but I feel... I don't know what that is. It's all right. You, you guys can look it up. It's a fun series. Mm-hmm. You should, like, yeah, that's why they got Ron Perlman, because he can stand being in makeup for, like... Yeah. <laughs> we can see Beauty and the Beast, man. What is this? But I will say that also the beating heart of the comics and the, the film is Hellboy himself. And look at Andrea uh, googling the the shit out of this. (laughs) I think Perlman and Del Toro really nailed was Chris said it like the world world weariness, but also like the very blue collar approach to dealing with the supernatural. I think that's the charm of Hellboy. It's like 
he looks like a demon, but like he acts like a regular like plumber from from New Jersey. It's from Queens. It's like, yeah. oh god, I gotta get that. And he has a stogie. And it's like not another one of these things. <laughs> it's like it's really that. It's <laughs> like. East Coast to yeah, the core. Yeah, it's like, it's super like, oh, we gotta do this thing again. <laughs> From Queens. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, not yeah, another no, one. it's very nah. big. Let's get this over. <laughs> so, like, and, and no one has exasperated, like, from It's so, so funny, it's really dude. Great. And, yeah, no, and Guillermo del Toro's philosophy <laughs> when he makes films, it's like, love the monsters. So, it's like, this is 100% that, what Chris was saying. It's like, he turned it into a love story and, like, you know, can monsters be yeah, loved? And exactly. Because the whole thing with Myers in the end. Because I've only read one. Are they actually lovers? Him, Hellboy, nope. and that, that, That's one of the biggest changes. Yeah. Wait, what? So what are they? Are they just friends? Barkada. You miss the human and, like, strange creature action. Liz Sherman mm-hmm. was originally paired with Abe. It's one of the biggest changes. In the comics. Oh. And Hellboy was just, like, this swinging bachelor who had, like, who just flirts with everyone. Oh. Like, I think he had... But this was, like, near the end. This was, like, in, way after the movies were done where they finally gave him sort of a love interest. Well, so, as, since you read it, how do you feel? Did you like that? I mean, it's it was great. It's, like, I, did, I didn't complain because Selma Gabeira is cute and, like, Ron Perlman. Like, they're charming together. It's, like, they sold the romance so well. It's, like, you know what? You know, I like Abe. Yeah. And I like Liz. But, like, you know, it is what it is. They did a animated Hellboy movie. Which you should watch. It's equally good. They got the whole cast again. Del Toro didn't do it. Equally good. Really? More like adding this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- there were two Hellboy direct-to-video animated movies that are really good with everyone. So it's Pearlman again, and it's Selma Blair, and it's Doug Jones. Equally good, really. It's great, but it's like it's it's like universe adjacent. So it's clearly based on the movies, but it's leaning no. more towards the comics. So they add that a lot more. Uh, so so if you're a fan of the comics, they adopt, uh, adopt a lot more comic-specific stories there. And they 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 do the Liz Sherman and Abe Sapien romance. Oh. What's disappointing that those things are supposed to be, like, it's not. It's like, clearly they're, they're, they're cashing in on the success of the movie. But, you know, they're, they're trying to do their own thing. Uh, we've sung praises for Del Toro and Perlman, but like, how how are how is everyone else for you guys? Selma, Selma is I love her in everything she's ever been in, but like this is where I really fell in love with her. <laughs> uh, I will give a shout out to John Hurt, who who is who is the Ian McKellen? Uh, he's the Ian. Yeah, no. No, I, I thought I thought you would be more attracted to the the dad story in this one, Chris, rather than the love story. It's a very big father and son story. John Hurt, oh my god, I was weeping. I remember weeping when I when I saw this the first time. Yeah, they're first not. Death. They don't. I think they were. They they sort of steered it there. The further it went down, like they did a lot more flashback. Comics. It's like Hellboy 9045 with his dad, uh, Dr. Broom. It's like, but like, Seed of Destruction, it's like they they were barely speaking and like they had a professional relationship. It wasn't like dad's son. And I think that's one of the great things Del, Del Toro introduced to yeah. the canon. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's one of the, it's like, he's the dad. And it made so much sense. 
And I will say it is also the greatest Baby Ruth endorsement yeah. I have seen put to film. Baby Ruth. He just keeps eating it. No, no, in the beginning. It's like that's how he gets him to, <laughs> so to come down from the, the rafter. It's just like it's like that is that is a that is the most delicious looking baby Ruth I have ever. Like I want one now. Well, no, and I never really liked that. I haven't seen that. Yes, also oh, the movies, so baby Ruth. And like all the parts. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I was, the a, baby I was a big fan of the, the two people who worked behind the scenes on the film. The composer also did Scream and Wolverine. Uh, he's a big composer. So the guy who did Hellboy. So it's kind of just like really cool. It just I feel like they got this huge super team to create such a good movie. Also the who shot fucking this? Yeah. DP. Guillermo, oh my god. It's his name is also Guillermo. I remember this. It's it's Guillermo, the guy who shot he shot Pan's Labyrinth. Oh dang. Okay. Oscar for. So yeah, you could tell like it was I feel that when these two match up together, it's kind of a recipe. And you know, it's it's always great to see like something that is like uh they will use as much practical effects as possible. Which which Del Toro is like such a proponent of and I love him for it. And he really, it really made a difference in this movie uh, and in the next one, which I hopefully will discuss soon. But it's like really having practical effects for the monsters, for everything. It's like super great. Anything you guys didn't like? Yeah? This might be a little controversial. I am not the biggest fan of Myers. Yeah. So they created him for the film basically as, you know, as a, a POV character. In- POV of the, of the audience. He just seemed really out of place. Agree. Agree. He's a good actor, I mean, but just the character itself, it just seemed a little out of place. Like, I didn't see any value in him. To be honest, yeah. I, it's, it seemed like a studio note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me. Yeah. He wasn't even, like, they kind of teased him liking... Liz, yeah. Liz, but, like, that went nowhere. He was literally just there to witness the bprd and hellboy you know like he was he was just the audience like it's it just seemed so off i don't know i mean this could actually be me talking in hindsight i don't remember what i felt about it when i saw it for the first time but uh i've seen the movie a few times over and i've always felt like why is he here yeah fair I, I would also venture to say this, this the thing that really didn't sit well with me was that they were not a public organization. Oh, you, oh really? You didn't like that? I get why. I get why. But uh, like if you're talking about initial reactions, like it took me a lot of viewings to like get comfortable with the idea that they like sit in with Del Toro's vision of like they're monsters, so they should be treated as such. Like it goes with the themes and stuff. But like I really missed that you know the BBRD being like this public traded company that is like. You know, eh. this is it in this world. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Andrea? If I had to pick one thing I didn't like about it, I think sometimes I feel it's just it's long. I do remember the first time watching it, not realizing we still had maybe 30, 45 minutes left. I don't know if you remember, there's like a moment where I went, oh, wow, we're still here for another hour. I wasn't complaining, but just if that's noticeable for me, then there's a pacing. I feel that there's for a sure. pacing problem. Well, they did s- stick a short story in between the middle act yeah. and the climax. Because <laughs> when he gets the corpse that is based on like mm-hmm. 
a, a short story in a comic. It was like an addendum. It's like it's the hanging corpse, and it's like yeah, the hanging corpse. <laughs> and it's like you're right. That's probably Guillermo it. was like, like we doing you know, here? let's stick a short film in between the second and yeah. third act. Here's my moment. Oh, I. This is not really a negative thing to the film. It was a whoops, my mistake. Um, my nephew watches, he, he's seven now, but I don't remember how old he is when I was watching Hellboy with him. To clarify, I asked his parent, can he watch Hellboy? And they're like, yeah, yeah, Hellboy's fine. I think in our brains, we're all like, Hellboy is not dark. Yeah. I don't know, because we're adults. So I'm sitting there watching it with this child, my nephew. And you know the part when he, the corpse gets up on the bed? Oh, yeah, no, Cronin, Cronin, Cronin. is nightmare fuel. Cronin. <laughs> Yeah, he gets up, and I just feel like a tiny child start crying <laughs> and terrified. <laughs> so it so just good. made me think of yeah, all the because movies like he we has, watched when we were kids. And then he yeah, winds he himself eyes. up. It's like, ooh, this is not for oh, I was like, oh, no. And you know how, like, when we're older, it's like, what's the horror movie your parents let you watch yeah. and you shouldn't have ever watched it? I think I did that to my nice. nephew with Hellboy. Well, you could you could have picked a better one for him to start off. I know, but... For as far as the movie, it's just pacing. Pacing, I think, is the only part. I think you're right, Mick. I didn't realize that 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 might be it. The the tiny segue with the corpse dude. Yeah, but that's Hellboy is like a solid, you know, pulpy, awesome action adventure. Was it well reviewed when it came out? Well, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes gave it an eighty-one, so that's pretty high. For a comic book movie, especially at that time. Because I can't remember timelines. Was this one of the defining movies? You know how we had the flip, the genre switch in the early 2000s? This, was this one of them that made superhero co- um, films? I think it was Riding the Wave, but they didn't account for how awesomely weird it was going to be. Because it was, you know, every, every other studio was like by the numbers. And this is the guy who made Blade too, which is like... So totally different from this one that is super weird. But it, like, it's, I think it was part of the wave because, you know, Spider-Man 2 was like, I feel the peak of like, oh, I guess superheroes are the thing because look at this thing making gangbusters at the box office at Spider-Man 2. And then everyone was scrambling for licenses. So I think Hellboy was one of the big licenses that were being... And I think X-Men was also getting... Got the sequel that year, X2. Or X2 or X3, I think, was already, you know, in, in full swing. I need more superhero films like this. Now that I'm thinking about it, talking with you guys, I miss... I don't know, it's just, it takes such a turn. I think that part was the most iconic for me watching superhero films, is I felt this was in that, that, that moment when we were getting the big dramatic shift on how they were creating them. I thought... I need another Hellboy. I need something dark. I need something that has the the you know the balance between darkness and comedy in superhero comic books. Like Hellboy really nailed that aspect. Like he can, it could get, be ultra violent, and afterwards he opens a baby Ruth and makes a joke. That's comics. That's great. You will never fulfill your destiny. You will never understand the power inside you. I'll just have to find a way to live with that. Yeah, I think that's that's Hellboy, guys, in a nutshell. What I like about the title is I think I would love to have another episode where we talk about Hellboy 2 and then the reboot. Oh. Because they're 
They're so different, all three films. The reboot. Oh, I watched it. So did I. <laughs> uh, there we go. We start talking about that. <laughs> no. <And go. laughs> the reboot. But yeah. Hell, Hellboy was great. Uh, it had its problems for sure. 10 of 10 oh, all around, yeah. though. 10 out of 10. Great film. Would watch again. Five uh, stony fingers out of five. Why? Five out of five. Yeah, but what? It's like the rain. I was trying to keep in theme. Uh, yeah, so uh, anything Hellboy adjacent you guys want to recommend? Or what are you reading? What I'm reading right now, uh, in full, because I started a long time ago, is Superman Sma- Smashes the Clam. Nice. It's so fucking good. It is so good. Superman Smashes the Clan is based on uh, the 1930s radio <coughs> serial of when Superman actually does fight the Ku Klux Klan. And uh, they just turned it into a comic. It is so good. And it's 100% Superman. It's everything I love about the character. So good. Highly recommend. With Asian leads. Yeah. With Asian leads, yeah. Is this Jen... Gene? Oh, wow. And uh, they are, it is drawn by one of my favorite uh, artist teams, Guihiru. This looks great. It is I'm so good. It is amazing. It's the Superman comic. It's one of those, when you want to introduce people to Superman, you, you have, I have a list of like shit that you know, get to know the character. Blah, blah, blah. This is one of them, for sure. This is one? Yeah. Okay. Can I, just, can I just bring this up really quick? Yes, that's you, you guys. Yeah, me. yeah. We we grew we grew up on that show, Andrea. Yeah, sorry. You should, I, it looks, you should watch it. No, it's I'm great. not gonna watch this Ron Perlman Beauty and the this. Why does he look like this? Because he's the beast. Because he's a beast. Gosh. Okay. Watch watch a trailer. Watch a clip. No, I'm not gonna watch the trailer. And then go come back to us because I know you'll watch it. Yeah, 100%. I'm gonna tell you guys I'm a big fan. I buy the buy the T-shirt. <laughs> Um, what I'm watching right now is I, because it's October, I make a 31 Days of Horror nice. every year, and I am, I'm a bit behind, I'm halfway through my list, but my next film I'm going to watch is VHS 99. Mm, I think it just popped up on yesterday. Shutter. Yes? Okay, so that's my next one, and the night before it, I rewatched Puppet Master. That, um, my October list consists of rewatches... And new so they're watches. still bad, right? The puppets are still bad. They're still bad. Uh, small fun fact, that is my directing professor in undergrad. Really? The director of Puppet Master, no, yeah. that's so cool. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, he said my DVD. So cool. <laughs> he taught a horror class, so I was like, okay, I'm taking this. That is awesome. This is great. That is so cool. Anyway, what are you, what oh. are you reading, Nick? Uh, I will just recommend hellboy adjacent stuff so the uh, well mostly horror stuff but it's like if you want a you know slice of lifey i think both of you will dig this it's called uh chan it is an anime about a girl who can see ghosts but she pretends not to see him and she just wants to live a normal life oh no i want to read this <laughs> It's a slice of life anime where it's like I gotta go to school, gotta I'll ignore these ghosts, gotta, ign- and then these ghosts are like Junji Ito level of scary, and she's like just trying, <laughs> trying to live her life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a series. I think it's on Netflix. Oh shit! If it's not on Netflix, it's on YouTube for free legally. Miyaruko Chan, M E M I E U R. That 
is okay. a genius show. It's great. It's like, and then the ghost is like, "Can you see me?" And she's like putting on makeup. It's like, <laughs> does she ever nope. acknowledge them, or like, does it? Okay, I'll watch, watch the series one. and find <laughs> out. Oh my god, that sounds so fun! I have to add it to my horror watch list. It's fun, and yeah, that has been our Hellboy up. Awesome. Okay, you did it, Myers. You did it. That was fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and want to give to our beer fund, share our podcast with your friends and on socials. To catch all the latest from the Banff crew, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Banff Social Club. Thanks again and see you next episode.